More than half of all companies globally are family-owned or operated. Family businesses contribute 70% of the world's GDP and account for 65% of jobs. Their voices are important. Their stories must be told. Brought to you by the award-winning publication, Tharavat Magazine. This is the Family Business Voice with your host, Ramya Elagami. Irish Premium Oysters, Generational Secrets of Oyster Farming. Growing up, Edward Gallagher showed little interest in school and even less in his father's trade, construction. In the mid-1990s, Edward's father launched an oyster farming business, hoping that his son would one day take an interest in entrepreneurship. At the time, the Irish oyster industry was relatively new. The clean salt water of Donegal had only recently been identified as an ideal breeding ground for commercial oyster production. But the Gallagher's venture took off. Today, the Irish premium oysters family business is not only about the bottom line, however. Sustainable aquaculture has been woven into the DNA of the business. Irish Premium Oysters is an accredited participant of the Origin Green program and therefore operates in accordance with Ireland's highest order of sustainable and carbon-friendly protocols. We sat down with Edward Gallagher to discuss the rise of the Irish oyster industry, the impact of climate change, and why bigger is not always better when it comes to oyster farming. Enjoy this episode with Edward. Before we start talking about the business and the legacy, tell me more about what generation you represent in the family business and, and how come you decided to join the family business? It was my father that started the family business. Mm. And basically, I hadn't a lot of interest in school. So mm. what I call it, I was sent away in a course or two more to do to do with aquaculture, but it was more to do with, instead of reading and writing, it was more on-hands approach mm-hmm. and got a bit of experience. Now, what we're actually doing, oyster farm in Ireland is quite new. It's mm-hmm. like less than 40 years old. Okay. And we've been at it for over 30. So anything we've done in the early years, the younger generation now that starts into oyster farming, it's a lot, lot easier because we made a pile of mistakes. <laughs> okay. I see. In, in the very first years. And basically what happened at the start was we produced oysters, put them into twenty kilo sacks and mm. shipped them off the brands. Okay. Now what I do is we produce oysters but we actually sell them under our own brand name. The reason that came about was about the year 2000, I decided that every year that we were having a good year with production, there was a bad price. Mm. Every year we were having a bad year with production, there was a good price, oh. which basically means every time we tried to do something, we weren't making an awful lot of money. Mm. Mm. So what transpired from that was my plan was just to try and fix the price that mm-hmm. so we would get the same price all the time you know and you could have a profit mm-hmm. and we actually looked at Europe we looked at England we looked at France we looked at Germany 
And funny enough, we landed out in Hong Kong. Can you just explain something to me, Edward? So oyster farming is actually not an old industry. And your family was a bit of a pioneer then. So your father was a bit of a pioneer in this. Can you tell us a little bit more about historically why oyster farming suddenly became a thing in Ireland 40 years ago? Why did that suddenly become an industry? How did that happen? What happened was there was native oysters in Ireland, but native oysters was very, very difficult to grow. They were Mm. more or less ranched or fished, a kind of combination of ranching, stroke fishing, but very, very difficult to grow and took too long. And there was a number of courses ran to do with aquaculture, to do with oysters, Mm -hmm. and also clam farming. Mm-hmm. They were looking at scallop farming. They were looking at a whole variety of different shellfish. Mm-hmm. Mussels was another one. But over the years, what really took off was the oysters and mussels was the two main ones. I see. Unfortunately, were, most of the producers was wiped out in 1998 out of the clam farming with a disease called brown ring. Okay. And it just wasn't feasible. The problem with scallops was they're very, very difficult to farm. They're mm-hmm. easier to ranch than actually farm. Mm-hmm. So they are. And when your so. father started the business, do you think was his intention to make it into something where where you would join, like make it into a family business, do you think? Did he have that idea uh, uh, to start? Uh, he set up the business for me. Oh. <laughs> he, he actually had an intention to set up the business. He knew I had no interest in school, and I also had no interest in um, construction, and construction was his background, stroke mm-hmm. fishing. Okay. So I had no interest, and he really didn't want his family to go over to Scotland and England mm-hmm. like what he'd done himself so he was trying to set up something that was going to be viable in the the long term but Mm. we didn't know that in business work is important but you also need a wee bit of luck as well because if we didn't meet the people in hong kong that we're working with for so long Mm -hmm. uh, our business wouldn't be a as successful as it is today because they're still one of our main customers. So you explained to us like how there there came this rise in the, uh, or this growth in the industry, but now we're faced with so much climate change and the rise in yeah. sea temperatures. And we were wondering if you could explain to us, you know, whether oyster farming is a sustainable industry for the future or whether you are having to look at diversifying based on these circumstances. Oyster farming is very sustainable. The one advantage with climate change is it actually makes the oysters grow faster. Okay. Which most people people would think, oh, that's great. You make more profit. But unless an oyster takes so much time, like a wine, like a whiskey, to mature, they don't fatten up. And if they don't fatten up, what you basically get is a large shell with Mm. very little meat content. Okay. So there's now a lot of people talk about uh, carbon and carbon credits. Oyster farming 
comparing to ordinary farming is very, very sustainable mm-hmm. at the moment. Do you think it matters to your customers? Do, are they starting to ask these questions? Are you seeing that to them it's important I, I, to know? Or I think one of our biggest problems is because for a long time, I'm talking the last 20 years, I have been one of the biggest exporters from Ireland mm-hmm. into Asia with oysters. I don't see that been feasible maybe in the next 20 years time i think mm-hmm. air freight's going to get taxed more mm-hmm. and it's going to make them very expensive to ship to asia mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so this and at the moment we are looking closer and closer to europe mm-hmm. but there is also massive demand in asia because asian people appreciate uh seafood good quality seafood mm-hmm, mm-hmm. where in ireland we don't really appreciate it and we're not going <laughs> to spend money oh uh, well <laughs> if it was alcohol it might be a different story <laughs> so well, you the, could start the, selling the, drunk drunken the oysters always with the irish with alcohol more so than um <laughs> Good quality seafood as part of Asian people's diets, and they want to know the the products they're eating mm. is from clean waters and everything. It's yeah. one of the biggest advantages we have is our bay is so clean that it's great. You know, mm. people can actually go down to the beach and basically eat the oysters fresh. There's yeah. very few places in the world that you can actually do that. So it has a lot to do actually with protecting the environment. So keeping the bay clean and everything. It, it's, so it's a very important thing. Are you actively involved yeah. in the community taking care of that as a, as a family business or how does that work? Keeping the bay clean is mainly, and the sad part about it is it's a reduction on or not having as many people living around the bay. Okay. So where our bay is, is basically rural Ireland, mm-hmm. and there's not so many houses. Whereas if you have a bay with a town very close, well, basically, thins and outs, it's not only oysters, it's mussels and any uh, shellfish that's in the bay. Basically, they're the same as trees. They clean up mm-hmm. the water. There's advantages with them cleaning up the water. Mm-hmm that the oyster gets very fat, the mussel gets very fat. Mm-hmm. The downside is then you have to put them through a purification system mm-hmm. to clean out the system. Yeah. And then there is a thing that's happening in Europe more and more, and they talk about it as this Norwood virus. It's basically people get sick from eating shellfish, but right. it's, it's all man-made mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. So that because basically people has uh, dodgy stomachs and stuff, hospitals yeah. into into the goes into the sea. Unfortunately, the oyster picks it up. So you do want to try and grow oysters in the clean bays. The unfortunate part, if the bay is very very clean like our bay, the oysters is never ever that fat. And people then ask me the question, how do you make the oyster fat? Mm-hmm. <laughs> they don't really want to. <laughs> yes, they don't course. really like to hear my answer. 
<laughs> yes, well, I could imagine that being an unpopular answer, but well, if it's true, it's true. So over 40 years, like, you know, you've managed to become, you said, the largest uh, oyster exporter to Asia from Ireland. Now, so, and you're saying that that might change again in the next few decades. So when you look into the future, Edward, like, you know, what are the goals now for Irish premium oysters? Where would you like to take this? What are sort of like the, the growth objectives that you have or the, or the ideas that you have around the brand that you'd like to explore? I have an idea and most people don't like to he- hear about it, but <laughs> My idea is actually to level up. I find that if you just keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger, it's very easy to get bigger and bigger at certain industries. Mm-hmm. But as an oyster farmer, the bigger you are, the harder it is to control, the more people you depend on. And uh, you can't watch everything. Mm-hmm. So my ultimate plan was to create a brand that was quite famous, mm-hmm. but it would always be in a kind of niche market, mm-hmm. not like some of the other brands that basically buys my oysters and buys my friend's oysters and buys a neighbor oyster mm-hmm. and another neighbor oyster and sells under one brand, mm-hmm. but their qualities all over the place. Yeah, yeah. So that's my ultimate plan is not to actually go. We've been expanding for 30 years. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying we're the biggest in Ireland. We are not the biggest in Ireland, but we're in the, probably for production, we're in the top 10. Mm -hmm. But it's not, not my intention to be number one, the biggest producer. I always believe the quality is better than quantity. Well, and I think for, so for an oyster farmer, that's a very, um, I'm happy to hear that. Let's put it this way. It's, an, it's a big responsibility to uh, provide people with these kinds of products. And as you said, like uh, there, there are enough bad experiences people have with shellfish, unfortunately, because of the lack of quality. So it sounds like yeah. a good priority to have. It was always my priority mm. um, to level off. So it was. And the other thing is, you cannot keep putting money in year in, year out into a business without actually taking something back eventually. Yeah. So, you know, you have to get some rewards back. If you keep putting it in, putting money back in, growing bigger and bigger, oyster farmers in general are asset rich with cash poor. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't know is every business the same. I think there's other businesses that you see the rewards a lot, lot quicker. But farming's the same. Mm-hmm. The farmers, if they actually cashed in all their land and all their stock, they would be very rich, but they never have any money. So they don't. And I the farmers are very similar. So uh, quite a romantic picture you're painting here at right of the oyster farmers <laughs> of Ireland. Thank you so, so much for this interview, really. Again, I can't uh, tell you how delighted we are to have this uh, in a very special for us, the first family business from Ireland, and then in an industry that we frankly didn't know nothing about, and we're very pleased to explore. So uh, we're very pleased that you participated in this interview. <laughs> 
Thank you for listening to the Family Business Voice. Subscribe to our channels now on iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, or Spotify to be notified of our weekly episodes. 